you guys be seated. Okay, so, so plans have changed this morning. Uh, and, and the reason for that is that there are things that happen that we don't plan for. Thursday morning, um, so it's, it's really Thursday morning at about, golly, I mean, what, 530? Uh, my closet organizer collapsed and uh, woke us up and I was just awake and couldn't go back to sleep and didn't know why so I decided that I would just get ready and come in here to work and at about 6.50 I got a text message from from Noah that said that uh, Julie's siblings had woken up and that her mom was unresponsive they had called the EMS and at 7.30 we got the word that uh, Julie's mom Jill went to be with the Lord It's hard enough to deal with this when you're 50. But when you're 26, it just reminds us that the world isn't the way it's supposed to be, doesn't it? So um, this morning, the kids are going to stay in here because Noah and Julie are at their house taking care of things that need to be taken care of. And uh, we're going to have an opportunity to help take care of them, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But this morning, uh, as Dan and I talked, we just wanted to let the congregation know. We wanted to let you know what's going on, but I I don't think, right, it is not accident, it's providence that we are starting our series on prayer this morning. And uh, I just want to take a few minutes, and I just want to pray for the Matthias family, um, lift them up, and... um, then we're going to to jump into the message in this sort of unconventional Sunday. Would you would you bow your heads with me, Father? We we come to you in this moment, and we thank you that you are near and present to us in times of pain and struggle and loss. And Lord, I confess that it sort of feels like. 
we have experienced more than our share of that over the last several months. And God, I want to, I want to pray right now for, for Julie and for, for Noah and for her family. And Lord, I just want to pray that you would continue to carry them along, that you would wrap your arms around them, that you would be very near to them and you would let them, let them know in big and small ways just how much you love them and how much we love them. Father, we, we thank you, Lord, not just for the work that Julie does around here, but for the steady presence that she is, for her friendship and for her love. We thank you for how well she pastors our children. And so, God, we, um, we lift up your daughter to you today, Lord, and so many others that are struggling with pain and loss and uncertainty. And so God, our, our prayer this morning is for your peace and for your comfort and for your direction. And Lord, as we learn about prayer over the next several weeks, help us to not just make it an academic exercise, but to press in to deeper levels of relationship and intimacy with you. Father, we love you. We thank you for your love for us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right. Okay, so today is, there's a lot going on this morning, uh, and we are going to be having our fall kickoff, and so you see that there's some sign-ups, and there's going to be some uh, discussion about that later on. But today, we have the privilege of beginning our new series um, on prayer, and today we're going to start with the message entitled The Real Lord's Prayer, John 17, 1 through 5. We're going to be looking at the first five verses of this. Before I get going, I just want to say a big thank you to our dear brother, uh, the Reverend Bill Vanderwerp, for pinch hitting last week for us. Can we say thanks? Yeah, there we go. Amy and I were out of town uh, doing a wedding. Actually, I was performing the wedding. She was sitting in the audience looking very cute. And, um, and they're married, so it's a success. Today we're going to start this series on prayer, and I want to begin with just a few things that, that I feel compelled to, to say, and, 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 and that is basically what prayer is not. So oftentimes we come to this idea of, of prayer, and when we talk about prayer, we have certain ideas about what prayer is, and, and sometimes they're faulty. But the first thing I want to let you know is that prayer is not a guarantee, right? I'm not going to be making any kinds of guarantees um, because the ultimate goal of prayer isn't that we get the results that we want. The second thing is that I'll not be giving you formulas uh, to, to follow because the reality is, is that prayer isn't an incantation whereby we manipulate God into doing what we want him to do. The third thing I want you to know is that prayer isn't always about talking. Prayer isn't us coming to God with our laundry list of things that we, we want him to do or expect him to do. Fourth, prayer, and this is, a, right, this is a big disappointment for some of us, prayer doesn't always change my circumstances. Now, in my, in, in, in my experience, prayer very rarely changes my circumstances, Right? 
But prayer almost always changes me. And finally, the, the last thing that I want to say before we jump into this, this passage is that prayer, friends, isn't about getting the results we want. Prayer is about experiencing the God that we need. Let's look at the first few verses of of John chapter 17. After Jesus said this, he looked toward the heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. The first thing that we see in this passage of Scripture is that prayer was embodied in the life and the ministry of Jesus. These first five verses, they, they aren't prescriptive about what we ought to do. They're simply telling us how Jesus prayed and how it was a part of his life. The first little phrase there, after Jesus said this, after Jesus said this, as we look at Jesus' life, we see that prayer was something that he was almost always involved in. He was praying uh, alone in the wilderness. He was praying over meals. He was praying for people. He was, he was praying. Prayer was something that he did. The scriptures also tell us that, that often Jesus would go alone, would, would, would go off by himself in order to pray. And as I thought about this phrase, I, I, I thought about the setting here. Jesus is in the middle of, of, of this teaching. He's, he's spent uh, long verses and chapters actually telling the disciples that he's about to die, that he's about to leave, that his ministry is about to take a turn, that they never expected it to turn. And sort of in the middle of Jesus' thought, in the middle of this crisis for the disciples, Jesus looked toward heaven and he prayed. That prayer was embedded in who Jesus was. It wasn't just a, wasn't just a thing that he did during mealtimes or at bedtime. Prayer was a rhythm, a constant conversation that he continued to have with the Father. And, and I asked myself, who are the people that are in my life that have had this kind of a relationship with God? Have you ever known anybody like that? A person that, that, that they just sort of, draw, at the drop of a hat, they, they would pray or that, that prayer was, was such a deep part of their life that, that it just sort of permeated every aspect of what they did. One of these people was a professor that, that was at the college that Amy and I were at. Now, neither one of us ever had this professor, but he was, he was legendary. Dr. Smith was legendary for his prayers. Uh, as with most of you that went to Christian colleges, or, and if you didn't, oftentimes what happens in a, in a Christian college setting is that a professor will pray before, um, before class, right? They'll pray, they'll offer a blessing, then they'll jump into class. That's not uncommon at all. But what was uncommon was that Dr. Smith would not only pray at the beginning of class, but there would be times where he would pray or ask or call on someone to pray at the end of a class. Uh, Galen was amazing in his prayers uh, because he would pray for things that many of us would never even think to pray about. And he was such a precious man. He was a large human 
with large features, but he would pray for things and he would pray and his prayer voice was meek and it was childlike and Dr. Smith would often pray, God, we thank you for the bunnies. And he meant it. We thank you, and I'm not exaggerating, Lord, we thank you for masculinity and femininity. And we as college students, right, we would hear these tales or we would hear people talk about, and and, oh, here's the other thing, Dr. Smith wasn't a theology or a Bible professor, he taught business, right? Dr. Smith was a business guy who, man, he loved Jesus, but, but if you cut Galen Smith, he didn't believe Jesus fell out. Well, one day in, in Dr. Smith's uh, a particular class, and, and again, I, this is not firsthand information to me, this is secondhand information to me, but Joe, the person who told me, um, is not one to exaggerate or to tell lies, and so I am telling this for the truth, um, even though it sounds a lot like urban legend, but it's such a great story. One day in Dr. Smith, one of his One of his upper-level business classes, it was at 8 a.m. in the morning, and one of the students that was in this class that was sitting just behind Joe had fallen asleep. Now, knowing Dr. Smith's penchant to to pray just at indiscriminate times, and that he would often call on students at the end of class to pray and just to offer a blessing as the students would go, one of the students in Dr. Smith's 8 a.m. class had fallen asleep, and his buddies decided it would be a funny joke that at 20 minutes after 8, to wake him up and to tell him that class was over and Dr. Smith had called on him to pray. So at 20 minutes after 8, as Dr. Smith was writing on the board with his back turned and there was a lull in the class, they saw their opportunity and seized it. And they shook this young man awake and they said, quick, class is over. Dr. Smith just called on you to pray. And as Dr. Smith was writing on the board, this poor, unsuspecting schmuck stood up and said, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this good day. And as he's praying the most earnest prayer that a sleep-deprived college student can pray, Dr. Smith's reaction was priceless, according to the tale, as he stopped writing and he, he looked around and he, he turned to face the class with marker in hand and he folded his hands and he bowed his head as this young man prayed. Well... I don't know how long it was, maybe 15, 20, 30 seconds into the prayer as this guy's buddies were laughing and losing their, their minds over, what, you know, over the great story that they had just constructed. The, the, the sleep-deprived prayer understands what happens, and he sort of ends weakly, and you know, in Jesus' name, amen. He sits down. He says, I'm going to kill you, right? And he's, He's all mad. Well, Dr. Smith, being the earnest man he was, according to Joe's retelling, um, doesn't pick up what's going on. Because for Dr. Smith, this wasn't something that ought to have been out of the ordinary. And he, he begins to chastise the class for laughing at the young man who had just stood up and prayed. And he, he said something that goes something like this. Well, 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 well Chet, thanks. Thanks for that. I just want you guys to know that I'm glad that we're at a Christ-centered institution. I'm glad that you feel free. And if any of you ever feel the, the desire, the unction of the Spirit to pray, I want you to do it, right? And the guys are laughing even harder. And, and so that, that day has lived in lore for the low these many 30-some years since I graduated from college. But the reality is, is that that day says more about Dr. Smith's holiness, I think, than it does about the carnality of a bunch of 
silly college students. That Galen was a man who prayer wasn't an afterthought. Prayer was a part of his everyday life. It was something that, that it wasn't for him a perfunctory thing that you do during mealtimes or at bedtime, but it was an ongoing conversation. And in that way, I think what Dr. Smith taught us in his own way, praying for the gifts of masculinity and femininity and playing, praying for the bunnies and the kitties and all the things that we thought were so silly is that Galen was declaring something that the reformed among us will probably know that Abraham Kuyper was famous for saying is that there is not one square inch of all creation over which God does not cry, mine. You see, Jesus was a man who prayed, and Jesus was a man who prayed after the form and the fashion of his day. It says that he looked up toward heaven, and this is really interesting to me because Jesus didn't institute a new form or fashion or posture of prayer. Jesus simply prayed the way he was taught to pray. He prayed the way he saw others praying. He looked up because in his setting, looking up, looking to the heavens, acknowledged the one who ruled the heavens. Jesus was praying the way he was taught to pray. And it makes me think and it makes me wonder. It makes me wonder what what kind of a job we've done at teaching people how to pray. What do they see us doing? How do they see us speaking? It was interesting because when I was, I grew up and I went to a Christian school, one of the things that the other kids didn't understand is that when my brother and I were called on to pray, we prayed and we talked to God the way we talked to somebody else. And it was interesting to me, and I'd never really thought about that, about the gift that my upbringing had given me, is that prayer was a conversation between someone that you loved, a person that you cared about and cared about you. It wasn't some kind of perfunctory transaction between just a king and his servant. It was the interaction between a father and his beloved child. Jesus prayed the way that he was, was taught to pray. And, and it's not that there's a formula that, that ensures that God's going to respond either positive or, or positively or negatively, but it is, it's the embeddedness of life that we see here from Jesus. Jesus prays for himself in a time of crisis. This, this is another thing that's really interesting to me in this passage is that while Jesus did pray at all kinds of other times and he, he prayed often for others, he also prayed for himself. We see this in the garden. We see this here um, uh, in this passage just before Jesus is, is betrayed and led to the cross. But even in, in this, Jesus doesn't pray self-centered or self-serving prayers. He prays prayers for himself that are in line with the will of God for who he is and what he is about to do. Over and over, we hear Jesus saying throughout the Gospels, my hour has not yet come. But in this passage is the first time we hear him say, the time has come. Now is the hour. 
And I think looking in hindsight, we, we, we know what Jesus meant. We, we know that he's saying, the time for me to do the thing that I've said isn't, right? the time that I think, the thing that I've said over and over that the time hasn't come, now the time has come. And Jesus is praying for the strength to be who he knows God wants him to be and to do the thing that he knows that God wants him to do. The thing I think that this strikes up in my mind is that so often, When I pray for myself, it's often the self-serving prayer. Lord, give me this. Lord, give me that. But what does it look like to pray for oneself in line with the will of God? What does it it look like to understand that it's okay, right? It's not not some kind of a a false humility to never pray for, for oneself. But that when times of crisis come, when times of struggle come in our lives, just as they came for Jesus, that we ought to pray for ourselves. But in doing so, we can model what Jesus did. We can model hope, and we can model trust. That it's okay to say, Lord, I would rather this not be how these things are happening. But to understand that He holds certain things in his hands. He takes his own counsel on certain things. One other thing that we we see before we're going to get into a little bit of application here is that the Lord's Prayer in this context is concerned with God's glory and human flourishing. This, This, I think, is really, really important for us to get this. And this is where I really want us to to spend just a couple more minutes and just think about, okay, these, these are how things... When Jesus prays for himself in this instance, there are two things that come up over and over and over again. And the first is God's glory, right? And these line up perfectly with what Jesus says is the greatest command, to love God and then to love your neighbor. But he's praying that God would be glorified. But not just that God would be glorified, but that God would be glorified in who Jesus is and in what Jesus is about to do. So here are a few takeaways. A few takeaways as I think about this, as I think about my, my own life, my own prayer life, and the results of, of my own prayer life, how I, how I live and how I function. What are, what are some things that ought to result? What are some things that I ought to focus on if I'm going to sort of pray the way Jesus prayed? Well, I think the first thing is that Jesus basically asked the Father, Father, let me bring glory to you. The challenge here to me is that I think that God is calling me, as I interact with this passage, is that he's calling me to be sure to understand that, well, part of my, my, my duty, part of my obligation is to live a life of worship. That worship isn't just what we do here on Sunday morning. That worship isn't just what we do when we, we sing or when we praise or when we... But, but, but according to the Apostle Paul in, in Romans 12 is that worship is the way that we live. It's that when we bring worship and we bring praise and we bring honor and we glorify God, we do that more often in the hours apart from the hours that we, we have a greater opportunity to worship outside of this place than we do inside of this place. That when we manifest the gospel to people, that when we, we speak to people in a way that, that draws out the image of God in them, 
that when we show kindness, when we show compassion, that, that this living a life of worship isn't just about praying, playing praise music in the car or showing up on a Sunday morning and singing loudly. It's about living a life that brings worth to God, that brings glory to him. Jesus understood that that a life of worship was a life that brings glory to God. The second thing we see is is that when Jesus prays, he, he basically prays, and the challenge that I come away with this is that is that I would live a life, as Jesus did, of obedience. Jesus prays, Father, give me the strength, and this is kind of Dennis's translation here, Father, give me the strength to walk the path you have set before me. I know that we've all been there, and it seems very, very pertinent today, where there are times and there are seasons and there are paths in our life where we would rather not have to walk those paths, right? There are lessons that we learn, and we would rather not learn them that way, Right? We'd rather read them in a book and be like, got it, rather than learn them through pain and struggle and, and heartache. But, but, but the reality is, is that when Jesus says to the Father, when he asks him to give him strength to walk the path that God has set before him, he's really talking about living a life of obedience, a life that is, that is directed, a life that is oriented toward, a life that sees north and heads that direction. The third thing that, that I think we can learn from here, from this, is that Jesus prays, and, and in his prayer, the challenge for me is, is to live a life that's not just a life of worship or obedience, but a life of, of purpose. To understand that not only do I, but what I do matters. Father, Jesus prays, and again, this is a, a a paraphrase, Father, help me to accomplish the things you sent me to do. I don't know how, how often or how much time you spend asking yourself that question, Lord, what is it that you have sent me to do? And so, so, so many times I think that many of us, we, we dream of the grandiose things, right? And we think that there's maybe this one big thing, but, but maybe the thing that God has sent you to do is, is, is to be that consistent light in the dark place that you inhabit. Right? It's this daily obedience to step into the things that you know that God has for you to do in this moment or in that moment. To live a life of purpose, a purpose that is gospel-shaped, a purpose that is pointing toward Jesus. And the last thing I think that we see here in this prayer is that Jesus says, Father, I know following you will bring me closer to your presence. Jesus acknowledges the fact that that doing what he is supposed to do results in closer intimacy with God, right? He was with God in the beginning. He's going to be with God. That living a life of hope is something that ought to mark the person who is living in intimacy with God. That we have come from somewhere, but we're going somewhere as well. These last two questions to me, folks, are, are really interesting, right? This idea of purpose and this idea of hope. Um, I think that with, with all people, with all humans, and if, and if the worship team would come, they'll, they'll get our, our closing song, and then we have a few things after that to do. But um, 
I think that there are four questions that every human being um, on the planet will ask. Where did all this come from? What is right and wrong? But these last two are the two that I, I think are connected to these, this, this idea of purpose and this idea of hope. And, and that is, do I and what I do matter? And the fourth thing that people will ask is, where's all this going? Everybody that you encounter in this world is asking those four questions at some time in their life. And when we live the life that Jesus demonstrates here in his prayer, when he prays for himself, and maybe this is the thing, what are the things then that we can be praying for for ourselves? Well, we can be praying for, when, when you pray for yourself, when I pray for myself, maybe we should pray, Lord, allow me to be a person that worships you, that brings worth to your name. People that when, when people look at me, they see your image. That I can be a person like Galen Smith, that when years down the road people talk about me, they say, you know, when you cut Dennis, he doesn't bleed, Jesus falls out. To live a life of, of obedience, and, right? and not just this idea of checking off all the right boxes, but but a person who knows the good and who knows the right, who does the good and who does the right as an act of worship to the Almighty, to to one who lives on purpose, who knows that they matter and because of that, what they do matters. And a person who even though they face trouble or turmoil or even death, they live a life that is not just cognitively aware or confessing of the resurrection, but that is empowered by the resurrection. That no matter how dark the night is, that no matter how desperate the situation is, that we live into the resurrection power of Jesus and that we can see that in Christ, there's hope. It's interesting, you guys, the the disciples, they, they, they couldn't see the hope. They were really struggling in this moment. But this last thing that Jesus prays when he prays for himself, he understands and he acknowledges that the main thing, the main thing for him as he's praying for himself is that he would remember where he came from, where he came from the Father, his unity with the Father, and that that was where he was going. That Jesus had hope. He had hoped that the sun was going to come up in the morning. He had hoped that there was going to be light on the other side. He had hoped that resurrection was going to make its way into all the deaths that had permeated his his life. And I think that Jesus knew, as the Lord of all, that what he was about to do was going to change everything. But because he was about to experience resurrection, because he was about to overcome and conquer death, not by avoiding it, but by surrendering to it and defeating it, that we could experience that resurrection power. And so when you pray, when I pray, let's follow the example of our Lord and bring worth to our Father. To pray for the strength and the surrender and the willingness to walk in obedience. To pray for eyes to see the purpose that he has laid out before us. And to pray with hope. Because of who he is and what he has done. 
So, Father, I thank you now for this morning and for these friends, and I pray that you would continue to be with each and every one of us, meeting us in the spaces where we need to be met, speaking the truths that we need to hear. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to continue to show our thankfulness to God this morning through worship and singing, but also we can use this time to... um, Sure, thankfulness by giving over tithes and offerings. So um, we have, you know, several ways to do that. We've talked about before in the box in the back, and also you can give online in the app. Um, just if you call Sunrise Home, it's a it's a way we can um, sow into the ministries here at Sunrise, and also in like um, on the side of the missions, where we can, as a church, sow into the ministries um, here at, in Jenison, and also locally and globally as we partner with our global mission partners. So let's worship, let's sing to God, and um, yeah, set our gaze upon him. Let's sing together.
don't you guys take a seat? So we're going to transition into our time of fall kickoff, where we're going to explain kind of all the things, all the different ministries that we have at Sunrise for different ways to connect. So uh, we're going to invite Corey and Dennis up on stage, and we're going to tell you guys all about the things. Just So um, to start things off, you know, uh, we've talked about this before and said these from time to time, but if you call Sunrise Home, um, there are a couple of things we ask you guys to do, and those things are just to connect at Sunrise and to find a way to serve at Sunrise as well. So we've kind of split all the different things, all the different ministries on these tables, and um, we would like to just kind of explain briefly about all the different ways you can connect and then serve. So starting on the end, over there on your left, is uh, women's ministry. So there are three different ways women can connect this fall at Sunrise. First of all, we have um, women's Bible study led by Carol Van Heitzma. Uh, that's a group that will be meeting um, every other Wednesday at 7 p.m. starting in October. And um, she has some cards that you can take that kind of explains what the study will be this fall. So you can grab that if you're interested in that. That will meet here at the church. And then also we have a prayer group that's kind of been ongoing for a couple years now. Um, Pam uh, Nykirk and also Brenda Rasdell is leading that group this fall. Um, They meet every other Thursday at 11 a.m., so during the daytime. So if you are free um, during the day, you can come here. I think right now you guys are meeting outside um, as it gets cooler, that'll change uh, locations, but we do have a sign-up. You can jump on the email list for all the communication for that as well, and the prayer requests that get shared in that group. Um, lastly, Wine and Theology, we've talked about this like every month, so you guys know what's going on with Wine and Theology. That's a, a place where women can connect, have theological conversations, and also just a way to build relationships within the women's um, women here at Sunrise. Maybe There's a sign-up. Sign up. Yes, this Tuesday you guys are meeting um, at the Rosema House. So, thank you, Dennis. For You're welcome. That. I saw. I'm looking at Pam. Oh, great! That's You're why saying, I, I saw. Say it now. <laughs> say it now. Okay. Uh, also, we have moving along to men's ministry. A couple ways to connect. Um, Pub theology just happened last week, so we'll have that again next month. Uh, but the, that is meeting at the Matthias House. Noah leads that group. Again, way for guys to connect and build relationships with each other, have some discussions over some drinks. Um, that's again the first Tuesday of the month, 7 p.m., 6 30. 6 30 p.m., I think. It's over there. Information's over there. Um, and then we'll move actually one more thing for the men's ministry. There's a new men's Bible study uh, starting up this fall. Um, I think it's probably going to be during the daytime, so I think a bunch of retired guys are getting together and having a Bible study. Denny Bishop will be leading this group. Um, uh, there will be an informational meeting after church on the 24th, so in a couple weeks. Um, you guys can connect. Denny will be talking about when, where, what, all those different questions about what will be happening in that group. So a couple weeks. If you can't make that, um, sign your name on that email list, and we'll keep you informed about what's happening with that group. Next, we have groups, small groups. Um, groups have been going on with, at Sunrise for years and years and years, and we're um, kind of launching a few more groups this fall. Pretty excited about, um, Dennis will talk about in a couple minutes about what's going on with that, but we have 
uh, many, many, many groups uh-huh. to choose from. Three of them are mostly full, but we have f- several that are wide open for people to join in. We have in the center of the table um, the study, a little bit of information about the study that we'll be doing and a QR code to, to go to the website. But I'm going to hand it over to Dennis to talk a little bit about what we're thinking about the curriculum for the fall and yeah. what that will look like. Yeah, sure. So um, we're going to be studying prayer uh, this week. It's a, it's, it's a study that's been done by... Um, a fellow by the name of John Mark Comer uh, is a pastor out west. Yeah, Corey loves him um, a lot. And really, really a, a, a good job. They'll, they'll be also meeting every two weeks. Uh, it's a video curriculum, uh, super fun, super easy to get through, uh, but really, really some, some, good, uh, some good information about prayer and not just talking about prayer like as a laundry list or something like that, but just uh, really going to, I think, deepen our, our ability to... To pray, and we do have several, uh, you know, signups uh, up here. Different groups, different hosts. Uh, those groups will be meeting, as I said, every two weeks. Uh, the groups themselves will establish what days of the week that they're going to meet, and things like that. And so we're just right now praying. Amy and I are that we can get through this remodel and get a kid married, <laughs> and then get our group started. So, yeah, we're just really passionate about this. Um, curriculum, but also how it's going to tie into the, the sermon series yeah. this fall as well. Uh, but when we launched the small group ministry, uh, I don't know, 2011, 12-ish, um, we're really engaging, trying to get everyone engaged at Sunrise in a small group. And we've talked about from time to time, too, that small groups are really the way or the vehicle for care to happen at Sunrise yeah. and for relation, deeper relationships to get built. So we're really trying to encourage everyone to jump into a group this fall. Like Dennis was saying, it's every other week. There's, they're going to start the beginning of October and end in mid-December. So it's honestly, it's just six meetings, six times you'll meet. Um, and four of those meetings will be the curriculum of the small group uh, prayer minute curriculum that will be happening. So um, really encourage you to sign up for these groups. Again, it's not a lifelong commitment. It's just this one semester, these six weeks. So uh, find a group that you're maybe, – maybe some leaders you know. On each of these sign-ups is the leaders that will be leading that group. So maybe find someone you know or some friends that you have and sign up together. And I'll be over there to answer any questions you might have about small groups. Um, and I'm going to check my list and make sure I didn't forget anything for you guys. Oh, also, for you guys online, uh, we do have an online group that will be happening. And anyone here who you, maybe your, your fall is going to be super duper busy and you want it um, online, online would be a bit easier for you. We'll be posting those videos and also the study questions in a uh, private Facebook group. Where you guys can join and have discussions that way. So online folks, we got you covered. And you can sign up on our app or in the website for small groups. I'm going to hand it off to Dennis for the rest. Outstanding. Okay. Um, so a couple things over here on the serve side. Um, do not blame Dan. That sign fell down, and I hung it back up, and I see now that it's crooked. So I apologize <laughs> to all of you that have been. So we have several things, Sunrise Kids, Sunrise Students. Uh, Corey will be talking about that here in just a second. But over the next table there is, is uh, missions. And, and, and what that is for is that's just going to show you some of the things that we participate with um, uh, love your neighbor here in town, but also some of our other uh, global Remember Niger and Christ for India that we have partnered with in the past. But one of the things that we're looking for is that if you have a passion and a gifting uh, for organization, communication, leadership, missions, those kinds of things, we would like over the next several months to establish a missions team that can help give leadership to that 
ministry. So here's the thing, you guys. When the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, he doesn't say, hey, I'm sending you elders to do the stuff. I'm sending you pastors to do the work of ministry, right? It, it doesn't, I know this, this may be how it's worked in the past, but it doesn't, it's not, the idea of church isn't for you guys to have ideas and then call me and say, hey, Dennis, you ought to do this. My job is to equip people for the service of ministry, and that's what we're trying to do. And so here's an opportunity for you guys uh, to serve in that way. One other quick thing. So there's sign-ups along that wall, um, also for worship, hospitality, things like that. But the missions team, if you feel, if, if as, I, as I'm speaking, you're thinking, man, God is stirring something in you to help give leadership to how we're reaching out and being on mission as a community, sign your name. I'll be in contact. We'll have a conversation. Uh, before Corey uh, speaks, there's one other thing on this first table that I want to point out. Um, next Sunday, the 17th, we're going to be uh, hosting a visitation and a memorial for Julie's mom. Uh, and one of the things that uh, they have, have asked is Noah contacted me last night and said, hey, do you think that there would be any way with Sunrise to maybe help with refreshments? And I said, oh, yeah, we can do that. Um, and so on this table, uh, they're asking for 10 dozen cookies. Um, so, Pat, that means you can't do all 10 dozen. It just means, right? So um, we're asking if there would be somebody that would say, yeah, man, I could bring in a dozen cookies. Um, next Sunday morning, leave them in the kitchen uh, so that they could be here for uh, the 2 o'clock to 5 o'clock visitation. There's a sign-up sheet for that. And also, there's some spots over there on the sign-up sheet on this table next to the kids that next Sunday, if you would say, hey, I can also help with coffee. I can help make sure the coffee station is set up. I can make sure that it's refreshed during those three hours. I can help, it. I can help tear down. There's also a sign up for you to do that. Uh, 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 so several of you have said, hey, what's a tangible way that we could maybe show love for Julie and Noah during this time? That's one. Um, so yeah, that's, that's up there as well. Corey, talk to us a little bit about youth, and then I'll give the blessing, and we'll be dismissed. That means I get to hold you all here forever. I'm just kidding. Um, so over here, we have some very cool information about Sunrise students. So there are a couple of easy QR codes that you can scan if you're like, hey, I would love to sign up for texts or for emails or just to follow us on social media. How many people in here have social media of some sort? Put your hand in the air. Oh. Come on, come on. There you go. Beautiful. If you don't follow us, all you have to do is scan the QR code, hit follow, and boom, you get to follow us. It's awesome. Um, There's also just information about uh, what our service schedule looks like. We just went through a recent service schedule change. Uh, So what this means is that I don't know what's going on. What's going on here? Lindsay's taking pictures of you, and I'm photobombing everyone. I'm sorry. You have important ministry things to say. I'll behave. Okay, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. I deserve it. I deserve it. Um, We just went through a recent service schedule change, which means that middle school meets the first and third Wednesday of the month. High school meets on the second and fourth Thursday of the month. So that means this week, high school will be meeting. uh, And we actually might be meeting at 317 Coffee in Hudsonville. So that's pretty cool, right? We get to support a local business, um, which is really, really cool. So anyways, there's all that great information there. And then if you would like to sign up to get involved, you're like, hey, I love students, right? That is a special calling on your life, and I love you and I appreciate you. If you don't love students, 
please don't sign up. <laughs> Believe it or not, I have had people come up to me and say, Corey, I think I am called to be a part of the youth ministry, but I do not love teenagers. And I said, hey, I don't think you're called to be part of the youth ministry, <laughs> but let's find somewhere else for you. So um, there's a whole bunch of information there that you can sign up. We desperately need some leaders. Uh, but if you're like, hey, I can't be a leader, but I would love to donate a meal because I know that teenagers eat exorbitant amounts of food. That's awesome. Or if you're like, hey, I have a great space that I would love just to have the youth group come and have a service at one night. That would be incredible. So there's all kinds of opportunities for you to invest in the next generation right over there. And just lastly, I know uh, Dennis briefly mentioned, but over on the table over there the, mm-hmm. with the four pictures, the worship, hospitality, sunrise students, sunrise kids, those are some very specific ways to serve and needs that are within those ministries. So hospitality like greeters and refreshments. I know um, sunrise kids, uh, Julie has several different specific spots um, for leaders to sign up as well. So if you're hoping to jump into a serving role, check out that table over there and there, all the information on each of those cards over there. Yeah. Okay. Guys, thank you so much for your patience. Uh, we have donuts in the back, so everybody can stay in here. Uh, I'm going to pray for it. Oh, Bruce. I'm going to talk about a short-term service, whatever. Um, the next two Saturdays from 9 to 1, we are going to be painting the back half of the church. If anybody is interested or willing to paint, I have all the equipment and everything. Just show up, and we will be painting other rooms. So that's only for two weeks, not as long as you guys. See, there you go, right? And I feel pretty important being up here with you. It is. It's, you should, well, we feel important that you, that you came, Bruce. All right, would you stand with me, please? Let's just pray. Father, we thank you now for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to connect and to serve. We thank you for your love for us and for this family. We pray, God, that you would just uh, inhabit our conversations, Lord, as we... We sign up, and as we um, become intentional about investing in one another in this place, Lord, we would just ask now that you would uh, just continue to to carry us along, help us to be who you want us to be, Um, and Father, that you would bless or make our efforts blessable unto you. So Lord, we praise you, we honor you, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.